because I don't know how to golf for shit. So that's fair. I do know how to drink. So but I that. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Natalia, and I am super excited to be joining you guys again. Um, today, I'm with the fabulous and darling, and I'm really nervous actually talking to her, uh, Caroline Ely. She is a co-host on the podcast, Good Christian Fun. Um, so, Caroline, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hello. Uh, most people know me as fabulous and darling. My name is Caroline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy to be with you today. Um, like you said, I, I co-host a podcast called Good Christian Fun, uh, which is in name a comedy podcast, but often delves into the deep recesses of my emotional life and uh, is, is a lot of fun to do. We talk about Christian pop culture on there. Um, mm -hmm. I have a good time with it because me and my co-host, Kevin, we grew up with it and uh, we're, we're just kind of immersed. And so we're kind of just did a show to deal with that. Uh, so be that. And then, um, besides that, my day job, I do marketing for a restaurant company here in town. Oh, cool. It was, yeah. it was funny. Cause I like, my mom's like, well, who are you interviewing today? And I was mm -hmm. like, Oh, you don't understand. Like, I'm really excited. Um, <laughs> she does this podcast that I love <laughs> and she's like, is that all she does? Like, cause my mom doesn't, this is not the full-time hustle. She's like, this, right. these aren't, you know, these can't be like, the, can't be surely not. Yeah, these can't be like the full time hustles of things. So we're just—they can be. I know. If you, I know several people actually that really podcasting is their whole income, and it's it works. It's like TV at this point. I don't understand how. Like, I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I knew this wasn't going to be making my millions. Um, <laughs> and I. <laughs> I knew this wasn't going to be making my millions, but like, I was like, I don't think I could make any money from this. <laughs> oh, trust me, honey, I'm, I'm rolling in dollars. You can't see it, but I'm sitting in piles of hundreds right of now. Of hundreds? Is that you just, you yeah. and your cat, you just roll around all day? We just roll in it. We eat it. We wipe our butts with it. It's good. That's cute. That's cute. That's how what I... What do you do but besides hosting this show here? I am currently a grad student, um, and I'm getting my master's in public policy, focusing cool. on refugee resettlement and peace building. Um, mm. And then I am working, because I always have many hustles, um, yes. I work consulting part-time for World Vision International, and then um, I'm also a research assistant at the GW Poli Institute of Public Policy. Okay, so, cool. Oh, you're busy. Yeah, but I've, like, if you knew me, I'm always busy. So this is yeah. nothing. <laughs> always on the way to something. I am. It's a preferred mode. <laughs> yeah, I, I do need to, like, take a moment to breathe, as some would say. Breathing is, you know, fine. Whatever. It's no big deal. Yeah. But, so but yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, um, I do like to keep busy and have my hand in like a lot of different things, but I really want to start this cause I was like, there's some like really cool ladies out there that we should talk to. And when I started this with my friends, I was like, we can get Oprah or we can get Caroline. That was literally how. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am just as inaccessible as Oprah. So this is a big gift for you. <laughs> 
obviously not. You just email me. DM me one. I'll do anything. It was just, it was just because we were like, well, who do we want to have on it besides like our friends? Like, who do we want to like talk to? And we're like, oh, we're going to have to socialize with like other people. Um, yeah. And like think of our like other favorite people that we have like out in the world. And, uh, and we, so we like try to put together a whole list. And I guess we never really thought about like people besides our friends. Like, literally, we're like, yeah. oh, no one else is going to come on. Like, but our friend yeah I just didn't think that was gonna work but I've gotten to meet like a lot of really cool ladies and I was like and you wanna you wanna come talk to me for like an hour or two and they're like yeah Yeah. I was like oh okay that's I mean it's fine I can't promise a good time but um I can promise to talk to you you talk off your ear incessantly but um (laughs) that is so true and the thing is like in DC so the the whole thing is like people love to talk about themselves, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is, I mean, I guess true anywhere, but it's like a lot in, um, in DC just cause like networking and like happy hours are apparently uh, like God's gift to the world. Down. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I can't be that social. <laughs> no, I, I'm introverted also myself. Um, and I enjoy talking to people, but it's, mm-hmm. it's sometimes a difficulty and that's actually been my oldest trick is to just get someone talking about themselves and then mm-hmm. I know they'll walk away liking me. <laughs> They're like, Oh, she's such a good listener. I should, <laughs> yeah. I should hang out with her more often. Something with her. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, I <laughs> yeah, feel like I, I should. I'm interested usually too, but it, it also like helps me just get into the mode too. Yeah. Like just get them going and then I can kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. And be like, well also, okay, here's the thing. I am a grad student. I am poor. Um, I refuse to spend $15 on a drink unless you're going to hire me on the spot. Like, I just feel yeah. like this is not worth, like, I need some guarantees. No, I just don't. I was like, why can't we all get together in a park and not spend money? I'll make. Oh, this, this date's <laughs> got to end in a smooch or something. Yeah, like, I need, if you want to, because that's the thing. It's like, also, when you go to all these happy hours, it's literally just a bunch of people who also want a job, but, like, nobody has a job to offer. And oh. so, it's just, so, like... Okay, so, pa- you're painting me a scene here. So, you're in D.C., you're in the big city. Yeah. Okay, and then you you go to happy hour with, like, a couple friends, or you go alone? Well... And then you start talking, chatting up, like, other people, and, and being like, hey, do you need a, a, a third-time consultant? <laughs> Um, it's literally, I go to very few, like I've, the ones I go to are usually like after like events that I've like done. So it's like, I've already been established like in this place and it's like, oh, we're having like on, and after this event, we're having a happy hour in the upstairs Uh, room. And then like, so those are the ones that I go to most of the time. And that's like where things go down and that's where, yeah. Cause like, cause that's, yes, that's where the big Al Capone in the back room kind of deals. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd rather there than the golf course. Cause I don't know how to golf for shit. So that's fair. I do know how to drink. So I but can do I, that. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause it's just like, how do you get into these spaces? Cause like, I just don't want to waste the money. And like a lot of times those type of happy hours, at least like comp like one drink or two drinks or something. So you don't mm-hmm. have to like spend the money and then like, yeah, you get to talk. Cause I have like met some really, really cool people and like women that yeah. I'm going to like bring on the show and which is great. But other times it's like, if you are like in the development world, we're holding a development happy hour. And it's like, 
but I don't know anybody. And then you got to bring mm-hmm. a friend and then like, but you don't yeah. want to leave your friend. It's just like a whole thing. Right. So like my nightmare personally, I, just, I'm not the person to be talking to also about networking. <laughs> bad at it. Uh, but, I, but what has worked for me or what I've found with the many friends is just like my friends that end up yeah. being the people I wouldn't, I would, you know, do a deal with if any, but I don't do many deals. So again, not the person yeah. but yeah, but I, I, I think I just ended up lucky of having very, like, cool and mm-hmm. ambitious friends that yeah. I just kind of grab on their coattails and ride. But that's, like, isn't that the way? Like, <laughs> who cracks, cracks me up till no avail hearing him on. You girl. I know, and you get to hang out with him all the time. Although you may <laughs> say that's, like, a bad thing sometimes, but it's fine. We gonna work on it. Good guy. Oh, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. No, he's great. But that leads me kind of to my, we're like been rambling for like 15 minutes, but it's fine. This is my normal. Um, It's your normal. I listen to the show. Um, But yeah, so I want to like really talk because it's one, I don't think unless like I missed it because I'm really bad with keeping up with things. I don't think you ever said like that you do marketing on the show. Yeah, I um, I usually kind of try to keep a, a firm divider between my podcast self and my work self because the the yeah I keep a pretty pretty firm divider between my podcast self and my you know work self because the job that I have is is good but it's not necessarily like in the entertainment industry or Mm -hmm. or very related to what I do on the show and Mm so (laughs) so I I actually am scared somehow that like the things I say are going to harm my work life you know and and I, I hope no one at my office listens to this show ever because it's just, I'm way too candid for my good. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I don't, I usually don't bring it up on purpose. Um, and I think the other thing too, is I'm sort of scared that people will just like find me on LinkedIn and then find out where I work and then follow me there yeah. and show up. And I, I guess that's just ego talking like as if anyone would care enough to go, <laughs> go try to figure that out and go to Pasadena. But, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I, I'm happy to talk about it with you, but I, I usually try to keep that that part of my life a little separate. No, I know. I feel like it's hard, I guess, with podcasting because it's supposed to be like a space where you are supposed to be really candid and open and like talk about your life. But the reality is like most, this is not our full-time hustles and it's like, right. but it's also extremely public. So it's like people could find it. And what do I say right. when they do and find I, it? Permanent record. <laughs> yeah. that, you know, at some point, we had someone reach out and say, like, "Oh, hey, I was wondering if I could write down a transcript of your show for people that are hard are hard of hearing," mm-hmm. which is lovely. But to me, I was just like, "Oh God!" Every dick joke, not only on the <laughs> airwaves, but now like in, in writing, white, mm-hmm. on a Google Doc somewhere in perpetuity, it sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I well, and I think the 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 strange thing too is like for Kevin, he works in comedy, he works in entertainment. Mm-hmm. For him, it, the show like is kind of a resume in yeah. some ways too. And and for all the people that come on the show, so I think it is kind of awkward and strange that I'm just like not really trying to be that famous, but just kind of you know like on the fly. And You're so, like I want like a solid number of Twitter followers. Yeah, but like to remain anonymous uh, <laughs> to me and not cross over with my real life. That's super so, fair. Uh, yeah, and so that's one of my weird rule. I don't, I don't think anyone would care at my job anyway. And it's like free speech. What are they? Yeah, doing? be like, oh, I don't like the way that you talk about your husband's penis, um, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, 
that's I can't apologize. I can't yeah. that. Yeah. It's out there now. We can't yeah, we can't take done. it back. But so how did you like I know you guys have talked a little bit about it, but I think it's I think it's cool because I like listening to you on the show because I I feel like I relate to you a lot and especially in the sense of like this isn't your full time hustle, but it was just like I think I really want to do this thing. And so mm-hmm. did he have to convince you really hard to like be like Caroline, I'm gonna we're gonna do this thing and you may not like it, but I'm gonna <laughs> keep you here until the day you die. It's fun. Yeah, I've been, I've been trapped in a room. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was. Um, well, I'll, I'll start with a little bit, because it is Kevin's story in a lot of ways, yeah. too. And so before before we did Good Christian Fun, Kevin had a, a podcast called Gilmore Guys yes. that he hosted with his friend Demi. Um, and that was where they went through every episode of Gilmore Girls. And it was also a comedy show. And they had It's excellent, guys. On. Yes. It's so good. and uh, And that was like, huge explosive hit like yeah. a really big big deal that show and they only did it for three years but it really like kind of launched them um and was this amazing work that they did and then that ended and uh Kevin uh was I guess I didn't know at the time like <laughs> trying to think of sort of his next uh project or his next kind of deal mm-hmm. and I think Kevin is the kind of person for whom like do it not or putting something out in the world is just not like an option for him it's just something he must do like he is just that creative and that funny and that good of an entertainer and and so uh I see it as like a generosity of spirit that he mm-hmm. just, like, wants to put out funny wonderful things um and make money off of it I that's guess. well hmm. but that's really not his goal honestly like I've had so many conversations where I'm like we need to get paid for this <laughs> he'll it's, be like I don't care I just need to pay my rent and otherwise I'm just gonna do this show for fun dude it's a lot like, of work I'm very tired, tired. <laughs> yeah I mean, he has a lot more moral um ground than I do but anyway <laughs> uh so he um he was thinking through like what would be his next, next show and what does he care about and what is something he could talk about for hours on end will find interesting um and uh he realized that there are a lot of people in the world who secretly grew up christian and have a really like deep well of christian music and movies and tv shows just in their background that once you're kind of working in la or wherever you are it just doesn't come up and you don't have a reason to talk about it mm-hmm. and unless you encounter another christian and you can <laughs> both be like oh my god veggie tales you know so um, good it's so, so good it's so good so, uh, so he was kind of figuring that out. And in fact, I have a, a memory of him uh, floating like a test balloon out, but I didn't know that's what that was. But we were all, um, we were at a going away party for a friend and mm-hmm. we were in their empty house. Like all the furniture was gone. We we're sitting on the floor and Kevin just starts playing like old Christian rock mm-hmm. one after the other on the playlist. And everyone was like, oh my God, like this song, like, yeah. play this one and this one. And I think, <laughs> I think that, that along with some other things like just helped convince him like, oh yeah, there's a fervor around this topic. Um, and so in the meantime, he was sort of talking about it, the idea, and then sort of saying like, I need a, I might have a host or maybe I'll have a trio of hosts or a rotating set of hosts. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think he jokingly threw it out. Like Caroline, would you, would you do it? And I was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And yeah, because I do, I do want to be famous. Um, so like it, if you live in California. I, yeah, I know. What, what am I going to do? Um, and if there's something like Kevin is going to do and he wants you involved, like you want to be there, it's just the best. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, and then uh, he 
really meant it. And then <laughs> I'm sort of trying to remember the storyline here. So then I think he, uh, well, he was sort of saying like, but maybe we'll have a few other people. So I was like, okay, I don't know what this is. Like maybe he's just mm-hmm. yanking my chain. Um, yeah. but then we did like a pretend recording where we, we like got a we had a topic and we recorded a whole episode about it. It still has yet to be released. Um, <laughs> and just to kind of test, like mm-hmm. if we worked and if I think if I were like, if I could do something and like be funny, you know, on, on mic or something. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then he took that and he passed it along to all these friends and asked them to tell if I was good at it or not. <laughs> so like, I got this friend, like I'm going to see her on Tuesday. We're yeah. having dinner, but like also, how does she sound on this yeah. thing that we recorded? And so at this point, too, I'm, like, very eager to, you know, be the co-host or yeah. whatever. And, um, yeah, and apparently I passed. And so uh, we we started planning and kind of figuring out. And we, at, at my behest, like, we wrote a manifesto for, like, what, these, what we want this show mm-hmm. to be and what we're trying to do. And once I, like, realized it was real, too, that also made me very scared because – like faith and Christianity is such a divisive topic Mm -hmm. and it's so personal. And for me too, I realized like, man, I'm going to probably evolve in my faith over the, over the months or years that we do Mm -hmm. the show. And would I feel comfortable like having put out there what I believe? And Mm -hmm. and man, I don't think uh, I'm honest with this honest with my family or my friends Mm -hmm. about what I believe or how I'm feeling about stuff or just how angry I am about a lot of things. And do I really want to put that out there? Will I feel safe? Will, will, and then beyond that, will like just general public people attack me or not think I'm funny or, or not like it Mm -hmm. and, um, take it personally and all that stuff. And that all came true. Uh, but, um, but no, I mean, for the most part, it, it was like, yeah, that, that was kind of my fear. And he, Kevin was just kind of like, who cares? Like, let's do this for fun. Mm-hmm. And like, you, you know who you are. And, um, like those people, it's a small minority and we'll figure it out. And he was just kind of like, felt a lot safer because this was his second go around, Yeah, so, you know? So, um, so yeah, so he kind of needed to, to convince me a little bit. And I think I had originally thought, when when we would talk about faith or talk about those things, I would probably hold back a lot more than I ended up doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, but man, I'm I'm so glad that we ended up doing it and talking about those things and being candid because uh, it has opened up like just a total different portal of my faith and mm-hmm. of my in the way I think about things in church and these like grumblings like against things that were bothering me mm-hmm. were really allowed to be in the open and then resolved too mm-hmm. for the better and like I, I found a better church or a better way to think about things and mm-hmm. I didn't have to be half-hearted about my Christianity I could mm-hmm. I could find out a weird a different way to embrace it basically and right. so uh that's the <laughs> long-winded kind of origin no but I listen I'm a really big fan of a good backstory I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for like Black Widow to get her backstory for Marvel. <laughs> oh, there's, yeah, that's, there's a lot of things I've been waiting for, but there's something there. mm-hmm. alas, alack, that is the way of women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I think that's so cool. And I, I geek out because I love the fact that like you don't start in the comedy space, if that like mm. makes sense. And I think that you're so funny and it's interesting Thank to, you. <laughs> Thank you. you're like, tell my friends, um, <laughs> <Don't stop. laughs> 
<laughs> um, no, but I think it's true because it's like, how do you, I don't know. Cause like even starting this podcast, it's like, I naturally make like a lot of quips and like sarcastic comments and like, yes, <laughs> yes I'm like a very sassy, but like, but like in a good way, I have friends, you know, they like me my mother still calls me. It's, but I was like, well, I don't know if that'll translate to when people listen to me on audio. I don't know if like whenever like I have like Grace with me, my my um my dearest friend too, um, does like a lot of background stuff for this. Like if our banter, well, because her and I are the like watching us interact is like a very humorous thing, but like in the best way because we're mm-hmm. just so very strange, but like also in the best way. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, well, that translate to audio so it's just like fascinating to hear kind of like your story mm-hmm. having gone through that but it's like but you were doing it with somebody that has already done it and like yeah. was that like weird coming in did you feel weird coming in as like as a lady like because there were I mean I think you guys have had about like half and half right like females and males guests yeah. on the show well, um <laughs> uh, yeah uh, Originally, it was a lot more women, I think, because a lot of them actually just came from Gilmore guys, and yeah. so which was a you know a female audience for the most part. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was scary for me because I thought like, yeah, one, I don't have any of the credentials to be an entertainer, you know, or to like <laughs> to be here mm-hmm. with Kevin, you know, who at this point does have all this experience and has been on this professional stone, has been on TV shows and heck was like an extra in the new Gilmore Girls. And stuff. I so, know, honestly. So annoying. The um, jealousy I, my spirit <laughs> yeah, feels is very real. There, that fact, there was that factor of just like my, what do they call that? Um, imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. But, but also the fear of like, he has this entire fan base that just adores him. And what if they don't feel the same way about me? Like, mm-hmm. what if they just reject me or don't think I deserve to, you know, to be in his August presence. <laughs> and so, um, so that was a little scary for me too. And, and yeah, but, but I, I think I just kind of trusted Kevin of like, well, Kevin would know if people would like mm-hmm. this and, and, it, and we do have a real friendship and we already mm-hmm. have our own banter and, you know, inside jokes and stuff. And like, I'll just hope that translates and that people enjoy it. So did you feel like as like a lady in this space that because like Christianity is often so like male dominated, but mm-hmm. in a weird way, it's like usually like a lot more women that I think like profess their faith. Did you feel strange coming on to, like, a show, like, having that authority as, I guess, kind of like a lady, like, being able to talk about it where it's, like, when we see who's talking about the meaning and the implications of stuff in terms of, like, faith, it's always men. Not always, but, you know, a good chunk of the time. Right, right. And what was that like for you? It's a good question. Um, I think I, I actually probably felt more empowered as a, as a lady, as you put it, mm-hmm. because, um, I think I had grown frustrated with the amount of male leadership mm-hmm. and these dudes that have been running everything Christian that I've been a part of for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, because all the churches I had gone to like didn't have, you know, female pastors. Mm-hmm. We had like female leaders, but they weren't pastors. Yeah. And so, uh, and yeah, and you're right. Like most churches are, are like, I think 80% women. Yeah. But usually male led. And so, um, I think I actually felt just more like I have enough righteous anger that like I should be hurt. And, <laughs> and just that's, I mean, 
speaking of, you know, who, why would I be allowed to be on this show? Like, I think you just have to have a certain level of ego of thinking like my friendship is so interesting. People need to hear it. <laughs> and like my thoughts are so compelling and right mm-hmm. that people need to hear it. And so, um, I think I felt, uh, I felt like kind of ready for it and maybe mm-hmm. more galvanized because I'm a woman in the space and I, I just, didn't hear a lot of women ever talk like me about Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, but now that I'm here, I'm like, Oh, there's so many <laughs> been like, like for, forging the path far longer than I have. So, um, so in that way, it's been nice to like, be like, Oh yeah. Okay. There's other people like Rachel Hill Devins and mm-hmm. all these ah, awesome, also a gem, people. such a gem. Yeah. yeah who, who could, who could, who'd also been voicing the like same frustrations of mm-hmm. being a woman in, in such a patriarchal version of Christianity. Um, and I don't, yeah. I don't even think that's necessarily like what Jesus had in mind, which is, I think it's, it's a very, like supposed to be like a very, even today, like the sermon that we were listening to today, um, Dick Foth, who is like, a he's, he's a good friend of like our head pastor and he comes and preaches, um, sometimes and he's a speaker. Anywho, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was saying how like Jesus is like the most inclusive and when we and I guess like when we when he says like I'm the way people think it as like an exclusivity kind of statement but it's like Mm. but it's not it's not meant to be it's like he's the most inclusive person and so that to me really struck me and I I don't know and I love the way that you kind of approach it from that lens like this is supposed to be the most inclusive space and it's not necessarily like inclusive like that fake inclusivity that it's like right you know because I feel like there's a lot of that more so than like true inclusivity the idea that we have to accept everyone it's like you you do but like how are you doing that you know what I mean it's like it's one thing to Mm -hmm. hire women or like women of color but um we talked a little bit about this actually on a different a different episode but just like if do you have like the human resources to support those women of color? Yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah, you can't just be the only one there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It shouldn't yeah. just be it like the one. Just one. Yeah. And to me, that's like, that's so true. Cause I think so often, like you see the fake diversity and the fake inclusivity or the fake accepting of others. And I'm like, is it truly accepting of others truly and understanding them like in a deep and like, thoughtful way and for me personally like with everything that's going on in the world I was like y'all are lying don't act like you're out here preaching the good word because you're not and yeah I need someone to like take you down you're not backing it up politically you're not backing it up with your like policy or with your social work yeah and stuff so yeah do you kind of feel like this is I don't know I I view doing this podcast is like my little way of like pushing back against those narratives and stuff. Do you feel like GCF is your way of kind of pushing back on some restraints, some, I don't know, some ulterior in the sky kind of thing that you've been trying to like work against, but you're like, how do I do it? I don't know how to do it. And then this came along. You're like, Oh, I can do all the things now. Yeah. I think, I think almost by accident (laughs) what I became because I think, I think genuinely like our initial motive is like, I just want to bring joy and entertainment to people's lives. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm not necessarily here like with a pitchfork about anything. Um, and I, I, I feel like I need to acknowledge too, like I'm a pretty privileged person considered like, 
the being female always comes with some stuff, but, uh, but I, I think when we started talking about things and there was just a lot of like, like I said, just like surprised anger that I had inside mm-hmm. about the way things have been done and, and the messages I've been getting all my life. And, um, that, yeah, that I think it has become like a nice little way for us to be like, Hey, we're still on the team, yeah. but also like we want to push and restructure. And I think it's almost more valid coming from someone from the inside mm-hmm. than someone from the outside who you could just say like, well, they don't get it and they're not faithful or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's a nice way to have like an insurgency in, in the <laughs> middle of in the middle of the church. And yeah. And like, I give power to you too, of keep doing this and keep, you know, <laughs> using this as your, your way to rage against the machine of things or to celebrate the good stuff that maybe goes unnoticed and is, deserves, you know, to, to be given value and everything. No, it does. Cause I feel like so often we're not giving women value. We're not, or giving women value on the things that we need to give them value about. And, and a common thread I have heard doing like, I don't even know how many episodes I've recorded more episodes than we released because I'm <laughs> trying to be proactive before classes start again. Um, but just thinking about that, like, what I've heard a lot is we're not allowed to fail. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you have felt that as like, as like a lady. And I feel like even in marketing, marketing, I feel it can be a boys club unless like I'm wrong and it could totally be because um, television has taught me that marketing is a boys club. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that could mean nothing. Yeah, I think that really depends on the kind of marketing it is. Mm-hmm. Like maybe advertising is, a little bit more of a boys club, mm-hmm. but definitely the kind of stuff I do, which is like social media and just general mm-hmm. like coordination and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a lot of women um, who are drawn to that because we are really good at being consumers <laughs> and like getting into so it. True. Uh, and we get it. So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a thing I don't know if I've thought about in my life too much. Like if I'm allowed to fail, I think that's more of just a personal struggle I have of mm-hmm. trying to be like, you sometimes just need to get things done and you don't need to be perfect at it. And, mm-hmm. um, I've been lucky to work at a couple of places where I feel like, uh, my womanhood was never held against me or, mm-hmm. or, or for the most part, or wasn't like a factor in how well I was doing my job. If anything, it probably excused me because <laughs> I could charm my way out of it. Or um, but there, there've been a few moments where like, you know, my, the things I wear are, are a little more important to everybody mm-hmm. than they should be. Or, um, like if we're doing an event, I'm the one that's always got to be the greeter at the door yeah. or whatever, even though that's not the job I want to do at all. Little things like that. But I, I'd say I've been very lucky for the most part to, mm-hmm. to feel pretty empowered and to not feel quite so much pressure as like, I need to represent all of womanhood yeah. at this company. I think, and actually I was listening to another podcast that explained kind of why, maybe I feel this way or maybe some women feel this way because, mm-hmm. um, they did a study of a company that did a lot of sales and they had all these sales team. And for the most part of the sales team were just men. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, we need to hire women to be a part of this. It's becoming a boys club. This is ridiculous. And so they hired women and put them out into the field and the women like by far were, were performing the worst mm-hmm. and just not getting the sales that the men were. And mm-hmm. they were like, well, this is not good. This is like proving, you know, sex yeah. or something like that. Um, and so then they went and kind of tried to figure out why this was happening. And I think they had a researcher come and like 
you know, go into each workplace and try to figure it out. And they found out that for all these women, they were the only women on an all male team. So they were all these like little teams and there were like six men and one woman. And what was happening was because they were the only one at the table, they were the only representation of a woman, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they were either the one that, and they, and they only had like four roles they could fall into. And I'm going to forget most of them, (laughs) but one was like, they're the mom. So they're the Mm -hmm. one that's clean up, clean up after them or be like, Oh, you boys, or would have to like organize Mm -hmm. stuff and would just like take care of the office basically. Mm -hmm. Or they were like shrill and they were hated, you know, and just thought as like killjoy and like, Oh, we can't be ourselves around her because she'll get mad at us for, you know, being men and making dick jokes or something like that. Or she had to kind of turn on her own gender Mm. and, and agree with all their sexist jokes and be like, ha ha, yeah, women suck and we can't drive and blah, 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 you know, or whatever. Um, and so what they figured out was when you had two women, just at least two, mm-hmm. so that they weren't the only one, yeah. then it removed this pressure to take on a role that was artificial for them. And they were able mm-hmm. to then go and be salesmen rather than being the lady, you know, yeah. or the girl or the mascot of the team, basically. Yeah, because I don't want to be a mascot. I don't look good in those outfits. They're just never. <laughs> You're sweaty. It's not it's, good. Listen, I literally, DC is built on a swamp. I can only get so much sweaty. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, do a backflip in there? No way. Listen, that's not, that's not my ministry. That is not. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you where my heart lies. <laughs> that is definitely, listen, um, it's, well, yeah, because it's true because I, I think that goes back to when we were talking about, like, this fake, like, inclusivity. It's like, we put one there. What are you talking about? Kind right, of thing. Yeah. And I'm like. Now we can do whatever we want. We, you know, we, we care. We put one in there. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, I don't think that's how it works. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I come across that a lot. And so I'm like, well, why is it? that this isn't changing. And I think like, there's this, I don't know if you've seen this a lot or like felt this, but it's like, there are more women getting into more roles, like, I guess, higher power roles, definitely not as much as they should, but like, you know, getting into higher roles, but like things aren't necessarily fully changing, like kind of across the board. And I think it's still because I think still deep rooted, like this idea that we have to play along to get along. And And still, I don't know, kind of like resolve to old ways or like, oh, kind of conceding. It's like, okay, I know that I don't like, I don't want to dress up, but I know that I'm, if I'm going to go interact with these kind of people, then I have to. And that's something that's. If I want to keep my seat at the table, like swallow a little bit of this stuff that I would normally put my foot down on, you know? And it's like, how much of you are you kind of giving up when you do that Mm -hmm. and I like you've talked about a little bit on the podcast or maybe it was just like your second serve part which is like part of your Patreon. well obviously you know it's part of your Patreon audience this is part of her Patreon they do like a second (laughs) episode um during the week but talking a little bit about like what it was like being a pastor's wife and like giving up a little bit of yourself and yeah And I don't know if you want to talk more about that because I think that's really interesting because I went to a church with, like, growing up that I loved and I still love it. But a lot Mm -hmm. of the, like, the women leaders were, like, super strong, but, like, they were still 
the pastor's wives and did like the traditional pastor's wives thing, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like they, there are many women that are very comfortable and very happy Mm -hmm. doing those things that are like quote unquote traditional. Mm -hmm. And so it seems to uphold that idea that like this is what women like to do (laughs) and again it's not any knock against yeah it it can sometimes like be difficult for someone like me or someone like you or it's like well I don't want to lead children's ministry and I don't like doing crafts that are shitty and so (laughs) I don't want to do that um so how can I be a woman here and um yeah and that that experience was weird it was it was only about uh, a little under two years that Mm -hmm. I was doing that (laughs) it's funny because there was a lot of, there was a lot of issues with this church too, but even like Nate was technically like he was leading the worship. He was in charge of the music ministry or whatever. Mm-hmm. They never officially gave him the title of pastor, even though when they were hiring, they were, mm-hmm. so I'm sort of a, a foe of pastor's wife. But anyway, um, yeah, it's hard to like, it's hard to parse out the things that were like difficult gender wise versus just difficult culture wise for Mm -hmm. me there because that church on the whole was really, um, was really conservative and was like pretty traditional and just the way they were. And it Mm -hmm. was, there were a lot of older people there. And so there was this kind of generational clutch on how it could be done. Even though the pastor was a younger guy and Mm -hmm. he was black and he was like man of color in this completely lily white church, which was pretty cool. And, um, I think he was always having a difficult time of like towing the line between keeping convention so that people didn't mm-hmm. totally go into an uproar but also mm-hmm. like trying to push this dying church into mm-hmm. the 2000s and so <laughs> the 2000s yeah eight ah, years later it's fine i mean um, <laughs> it's hard it's hard out here yeah and so a lot of me too kind of understands like man that is it's there's it's kind of a losing battle in mm-hmm. some ways um but yeah and so when i was there um just mentally i was kind of like i'm here for nate like i'm mm-hmm. here to support him to not let him be alone here and I'll try to see if I can find a spot here but it just kind of came, came, became apparent after a while like there isn't one um <laughs> and uh and the weird part too was like I felt very welcomed by a lot of the women and like mm-hmm. even in the first few months when, when I was just about to get married they like threw me a bridal shower of nowhere even though most of them had never even met me and like brought me gifts okay and that's kind of cute were so wonderful yeah and really went above and beyond and there were women who would just like every time I was in there would invite me to coffee or Mm -hmm. invite me to do something or come over for game night and Mm so there was a lot of good and I I sometimes forget to acknowledge that when Mm -hmm. I'm being crabby um (laughs) but they were they were really welcoming but there was this kind of idea of like but you're gonna um be volunteering for something soon right like you should be volunteering for the women's dinner or the children's help or you should be packing baskets for missionaries mm-hmm. and there was, there was one woman in particular who I love but also had a difficult relationship with because she would just every time I saw her try to like wrestle me into mm-hmm. doing something and um and then eventually said something like uh well we're gonna find out what you're good at someday like <laughs> wow okay you're and good at something yeah, I was like I have you know, I have another life, like my nights are taken, you know, I, mm-hmm. I am serving here or I have friends here. And so I just never felt the need to like necessarily contribute. Like my contribution was just like being there for an hour and a half on mm-hmm. Sunday, <laughs> That's what I felt. Um, which I, I, yeah, I know I sometimes I feel bad. Like that was just selfish, 
So there was that going on, and then behind the scenes, and I didn't really even totally grasp like the breadth of this until much later. Mm-hmm. But the pastor would be grilling my husband Nate like at the office and asking like, "Where was Caroline on Sunday? Why wasn't she there?" Or as soon as we got married, he called him in for this long lecture of saying like, "Well, now that you two are married, like you should be working missionally together." And bringing the kingdom here together and basically saying, like, I expect Caroline to volunteer and to be just as involved as you are and to be here on Sundays. And he even went as far to say one time, like when I was there one Sunday, like, you know, that looks bad for us if you guys aren't unified and it makes people think there's something wrong and that, like, we are not all invested here. So you kind of need to, like, tell your wife to shape up. (laughs) Oh, crazy. Yeah. The and, audacity. And told me this, a lot of this until months later, which is probably for the best because I would have just been like, <laughs> <laughs> in a, and I, I think I mentioned this in the, in the second service episode you're talking about, but it was, it was sucked a lot because like it confirmed all these fears that I had even when it was yeah. like was first dating Nate of like, man, someone's going to expect me to be the pastor's wife and to be perfect and to mm-hmm. start a Bible study. And that's just something I've never been interested in. Like, that's just mm-hmm. not the way my faith plays out for the most part. Um, and so, uh, to have that confirmed and <laughs> to find out that, yeah, like mm-hmm. for real, there was those expectations and these scarecrow people you thought weren't going to exist like they were. And so, that was, that was a big bummer. And that, and to Nate's credit, like he just held the line every time. It's like, no, she doesn't work here. She's not under your control. Mm-hmm. She's not under my control and she's allowed to do what she wants. And she wasn't here on Sunday. That's fine. Like, I'm not going to tell her to do that. And I'm not going to tell her to lead anything. And I'm not going to pass along any of this info basically. <laughs> bullshit and it's an unfortunate thing that's pretty common in a lot of churches where Mm -hmm. they hire the man and it's kind of this like two-for-one deal expected of like we'll never pay the wife but we do kind of like hope and expect that she'll do stuff and and for the most part the kind of couples that do get married and work at churches Mm -hmm. the wife is just as like you know missionally minded or Mm -hmm. ministry minded as the husband and kind of ends up being that bonus person for free but not fair yeah because I've never really seen any couple that wasn't that kind of mission focused if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that I grew up with and friends the friends I grew up with that are now like married or like in very committed relationships they all kind of like move along except for um one friend who I love dearly well I love all my friends but you know um she was she was on a previous episode and she's a missionary and um Mm -hmm. and she has talked about how like her her boyfriend is also a missionary which like works well for them but she never wanted to take that backseat role and so and that's kind of and she talks about how she's like he really allows for that not allows for it like she had to get permission but like doesn't stifle like ensures that yes yes this effort that like this she's a strong woman which she is she's like incredible and I love her I think to see that I'm like that's more something that I would want because I I think that's something, like, as women, and especially, like, if you are of faith, and you're like, I have no intention of, like, here's the thing. I love kids, and I served in children's ministry. Like, I love them. I love babies. But, like, I know that for some reason, if I magically marry a pastor one day, like, I know that, like, I'm not going to be 
heading anything. You know what I mean? Like, right. if that, like, right. and that's always kind of... Because you have, well, and this is how I feel, man, projecting, but you're like, you have your other work. Like, you are working for World Vision and doing this other stuff and trying to work on policy things. And that's the way I've always felt like, I do marketing, you know, and I love <laughs> working in an office and I'm going to care for the people I work with side by side every day. And that's like, that's where I'm at. I'm not here to also be a free worker for you. Yes. Here's the thing. Unless I I really want to do a certain thing that interests me. Yeah, no, that's totally, I think that's totally fine. It's like, if you want to, like, I mean, totally would volunteer in Sunday school. I love babies and I love kids. And that's like, that's totally fine. I think this, but the expectation and I feel I feel this across, like, all boards, like, kind of this expectation of what women should do, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know. Is there a time in your life, whether it was with, you know, Good Christian Fun or marketing or, like, or before that where you kind of slipped into that, what you thought you should be doing, quote, unquote? Ooh, that's a good question. And then realized it was a horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a really good question kind of file back through my lifetime places I've been <laughs> it hasn't been that long it you're hasn't a, been that long you're I'm a young spring young. chick um <laughs> I mean I don't know I don't know I might be contrarian enough that <laughs> I haven't done that too much um no I'm sorry I don't think I have a good example for you though. oh no that's that. yeah no but that's like part of your story and that's a pretty cool thing was there like I'm there somewhere. I also have a shit memory, so they could be it too. It's fine. You know, Alzheimer's, they're trying to find a cure. It's just been really... It gets you, it, yeah, it starts now. It starts early. It does. I hear blueberries help. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Yeah, eat, I don't know what it does, but I heard things, and I heard it helps. <laughs> um, but I guess kind of maybe, I guess, like, with you marrying Nate, you said there was, like, worries. Because you, I mean, it wasn't, like, a surprise when you got to the altar that this man wanted to go. Right. And be, like, I hope right. it wasn't. That would be very concerning. That would be. Yeah, <laughs> that would be rough. Um, no, because, uh, right in the other room hearing um, But he, uh, he was in seminary when we met. And he yeah. was also, like, our community group leader when mm-hmm. we met. And this was all the more reason I was like, are you sure this is a good idea? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I am? Um, I'm not super traditional. And, yeah. And like, uh, and so we talked about it pretty early on when we were dating too, of me just being like, Hey, I don't really want to be a pastor or work at a church and do any of that. So if that's cool with you. Then like, we're fine. And I, I'm fine with you, you know, doing what you need to do. Um, so no, that was not a surprise. And, and to Nate's credit, he just always is like, no, I like the way you do your life. I like that you like to work. I like your faith. You don't have to conform to my life, basically, mm-hmm. to, to make this work, which was nice. And I guess kind of like what is – because I, I think we always kind of get trapped in the in the realm of like, well, you still have to have like a mission field. And, you know, because mm-hmm. like if you're of faith, which is true, like I feel like that's totally true. Like we're called to live in community. We're called to love others. But, like, I feel like we get, especially, I guess, kind of depending on what kind of church you grow up in, um, it's like, well, you have to be super involved, like, specifically in the church. And, like, that has to be, like, where your mission field comes from. And I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily think that's true because, like, if Jesus only hung out with Jews or Jews, yeah, then, like, we wouldn't have this thing called, like, it just wouldn't be as great of a thing. And so... 
And right. it's like, so for me, like, I mean, granted, World Vision is a Christian organization, but like, then, but I mean, we don't only help like, you know, like Christian people. And exactly. Yeah. And I know like when I work in like, if I do like policy work and refugees, like that's always like been a passion of mine, but I never necessarily felt, I was like, oh, does that mean I have to be like a missionary right. per se? Um, and, and I guess like I'm figuring out that my, where my mission field is and kind of have you figured out where yours is? Is it podcasting? Is it like marketing? Like you, I don't know what you do in your office. You're like, I bake cookies, but I'm like, have you heard the good news? <laughs> like As you hand out cookies? John 316. It's a good verse um, guys. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So when I was in college mm-hmm. and I was first thinking about this very question, always knowing like, I'm not going to be a missionary. I'm going to go work, make money, you know, <laughs> do my life. Uh, that was how I kind of justified it because, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people in my small, you know, group of friends who were all in campus crusade and who all had taken a turn of being a missionary at yeah. point in four years, or were going to be a missionary. Actually, probably a good half of our class was going into missions work or church mm-hmm. staffing in, in some capacity. Um, that, for me, it's always been a point of insecurity and, and thinking like, well, mm-hmm. I must not be much, that much of a Christian because I've never really felt this like missionary urge, even in mm-hmm. day-to-day life. And so... Um, so for me, that was an easy way to be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to my office and my office, those people need to hear the gospel just as much as someone mm-hmm. in Africa or New Guinea or wherever the hell you're going. Um, and so, uh, that's how I thought about it for a long time. Now I feel very differently about it because, mm-hmm. um, I think I am extricating myself from the very evangelical point of view, mm-hmm. uh, which no knocks against anyone, mm-hmm. yourself included, if you feel this way, but that, um, that everything I'm doing is trying to get someone to believe in Jesus. I'm not trying to do that anymore <laughs> because I, one, I'm not good at it. And two, uh, it, I think it forces me to live a false version of my life and my mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. If I'm always mm-hmm. in salesmanship mode mm-hmm. and if I'm always in, um, you know, missional mode or trying to, to, uh, take care of someone or be someone's friend for the sake of, showing them how nice Christians can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that can be great, but for me, it's not very valuable and it, it kind of is hollow. And then I end up feeling like I'm always failing because yeah. I'm not very good at keeping up that facade all the mm-hmm. time or being the nicest person all the time. And so my focus has changed more into, okay, I'm going to be fine if I, for the most part, hang out with my good friends who I love mm-hmm. and who already know the gospel in and out and they're cool. You know, like there's no <laughs> saving them, but <laughs> they deserve to be loved and cared for and honored and given hospitality and included and all that kind of thing. So I can do that. And, um, the other thing that I'm not as consistent about, but I'm trying to, is I think the gospel is also just taking care of the people that need it and yeah. trying to, help the impoverished or help the marginalized or that kind of thing. That's what Jesus did. That's what you're doing. And uh, that's like, that's just, you just do that. You know, you've mm-hmm. got to do that because that's what you have to do. And you have to love people and you can't forget them in, in your wonderful life. And so, um, there's that. And, uh, the 
podcast, again, by accident, I think has become a way for me to maybe help heal people or to put Mm -hmm. things out there. And in the midst of our goofs and and guffaws, we are trying to tell people, I think there's freedom of thought in this world and in this church. And if there's something you didn't like, you weren't allowed to ever say that or parse it through, that's not okay. And that's, that's really destructive to your personality Mm -hmm. and to your, your uniqueness and the special thing that you bring to Mm -hmm. this world. And we just watched the movie Saved. <laughs> and oh, at the end of it, this, the girl guys, I've been waiting for you to. Oh. oh, my gosh. She says, uh, you know, if God wanted us to all be the same, why would he make us all so different? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's pretty cliche, but it's so true. And so uh, I feel like <laughs> my gift to the world, my like injection of Jesus or the kingdom or whatever in the world is encouraging mm-hmm. people to be themselves, to feel freedom to love themselves, to love others, to be their unique whatever, and to just figure it out as they go. Here's so, the thing. I've been waiting yeah. for you guys to do that movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I mean it, my old self was like, no, this is bad. Like, I, don't watch I was it. like, I need them. I've been waiting for them to do this movie. So good. Oh, gosh, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting and wait, because I watched it at church camp one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, oh my gosh, it was, it was my second year of church camp. There was this cute boy and we were sitting next to each other. He wasn't saved. Mm-hmm. He came with a friend. And Ooh. I just remember, I was just like, we're watching this movie. It was very, they were going through a restructuring year of like, how do we do camp differently? So it was like a lot of like sitting and like talking and like meditating versus like a lot of the games that we normally did. Ooh. Um, cool. no. It was not, no? okay. it was not. <laughs> Maybe my 28 yourself is like, yeah, that's Dude, great. <laughs> I mean, now, yes. Do I want to like sit and meditate? Am I going to probably take a nap after this? Yeah, 100%. Like well, like, I mean, I was, cause I think I was going into my sophomore year of high school and we were, I mean, it's known for like, we usually play like a lot of games and like do a lot of right. activity. And so, um, idle minds and all, but it was just like, I just remember like all the girls were like, all the girls in my team were like sitting next to the guys that we liked we were all like oh we all hang out together it was and it was just like and like what yes I was like what a dream what a treat and like we're all watching this movie together it was because I feel like we had a weird influx that year of like people who brought their friends to camp Mm -hmm. and um yeah there was like a really high I don't know I just remember like a lot of a lot of my guy friends brought their guy friends to camp that year and so there was, like, new people who weren't, like, necessarily the saved. The went way up. Way. Let me tell you. Camp relationships. Worse. Oh, there's nothing like that love. I don't under, like I don't personally understand them because I'm, like, but we live in, like, I grew up in Connecticut and, like, and the other church that we partnered with, like, they were either in, like, deep Connecticut or came from, like, Massachusetts. I was like, guys, none of us have driver's license. Where are you yeah. trying to go? Um <laughs> So for me, I don't know, but I remember that's that was my memory of watching that movie, and I was like, this is so good. Um, yeah. But it was, yeah. yeah, it's, and I'm very excited that that episode I hope is coming out soon. I think you're gonna enjoy it. It was a good one. Oh, I yes, a I'm, one I'm so jazzed. Um, but to go back to topic, you know, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> those other things. Uh, what? So you had mentioned like bring healing to other people. Like, what has brought healing to your life? Either like. I guess personally and professionally. And what, what has that healing looks like for Caroline? Because I think 
as women, like, I think, I mean, not that we all should be caregivers just as humans because we're humans, but I think we're often like pushing this caregiver role. And I know myself, like I often forget to take care of myself all the time. Um, and I don't know if like there has been something recently and like this, this journey of like through your work and through the, maybe through the podcast or just like your life that you've like, okay, this has definitely brought me healing and, and to a place where I feel good or better about now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, uh, actually doing the podcast has brought a lot of healing for mm-hmm. me in that, um, I mean, every time we get emailed by someone or someone just reaches out and just <laughs> validates like what we're <laughs> saying, it feels really, really good because, um, it can feel lonely being like the only person that feels annoyed or upset yeah. or like something's wrong. And Gary just sometimes venture out and say like, I think something's wrong, you know? And, um, and so to hear other people be like, yeah, I know there is. And I felt this too. And like, thank you for saying that. And now I'm going to say it. And that's brought a lot of healing to me. And just, I think given me more license to be, to be the critical person that I am and to be this shit kicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, uh, gosh, that's, it brings up so many things I think of when I think of healing in my life and you can talk about all to do this is all about you yeah um I think uh I think growing up in the kind of Christian environment I did there was just a lot of feeling of inadequacy for me Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and like always feeling like I'm not Christian enough I'm not Mm -hmm. bought in enough I'm not sold out enough bought or sold I'm not doing it right Mm -hmm. um (laughs) like too smart or I'm too this and Mm -hmm. too big or too small and there's just been so many ways I think I think a lot of people feel this way but for women too just feeling like I'm not quite fitting the mold in some way or another mm-hmm. and I like it back myself but I don't know if everyone else does <laughs> and uh and so I feel like I'm being so broad here but just there's just been a lot of healing and being like I'm allowed to be a, a liberal Christian and I'm allowed mm-hmm. to be uh you know sassy and <laughs> funny and I'm allowed to wear what I want and dye my hair red and I'm allowed to uh, I think you should keep the red by the way thank you Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to date a guy who wants to be a pastor and I am still like on his level you know Mm -hmm. in some way and I'm allowed to be a Christian the way I am and that is good and that's necessary and that's what God wanted me to be and I'm allowed to be a sexual being and Mm -hmm. like I'm allowed to feel that and embrace it and show my belly off or whatever you know because that's what that's <laughs> like so dumb but like it feels so subversive to me sometimes to like dress sexily because you know so much of my christian school upbringing was just like don't show anything well um, yeah because like if you think about i don't know if you went to christian camp but i did and as much as i loved it it was so silly that like we put t-shirts on to go into the into the water and girls had to wear one piece and boys could just like wear whatever the hell they wanted to yeah I mean I think they changed it one year where they did like I think guys had to start wearing t-shirts but I can't but I don't think that was the entire time because I didn't start going because my my parents don't trust anybody until like I was going into (laughs) high school which is like fine like I have immigrant parents I know I understand (laughs) but um but I but I used to think, I'm like, this is so silly. And even back then, like, in my very young mind, I was like, listen, you can wear a paper bag. You put a bunch of teenagers together. 
Sure. For a week. And yeah, yeah, it's just, which like, I'm not encouraging that because like, that's not what we're there for. But I think, but I think there's been so, (laughs) fair. Um. (laughs) But yeah, but there is the assumption like, oh, guys, like, just keep your shirts off because Mm -hmm. girls don't feel sexual desire anyway. So (laughs) they'll be fine, you know? But but guys, guys can't help it. And you girls and your your boobs and all your bumps, like, it just makes them lose their Mm -hmm. mind. And it's on you. It's your responsibility, Caroline Mm -hmm. and Natalia, to be (laughs) the modest one and to protect these sweet eyes. The thing is, like, I guess I am pretty modest for the most part. Although sometimes my dad would choose not to agree. But I I don't know. I, I feel that, too. I feel this. This is, like, really awesome to talk about because I feel this a lot, like, in my Christian faith as, like, I'm not Christian enough. I'm not this enough. And, like, mm-hmm. you bringing that up. And, like, when you – I think that's why I loved – good Christian friends so much was because I was like, oh my gosh, there's someone who thinks kind of like I do. Like, granted, you have more of a mouth like a trucker, which is like great and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, whereas I am not that brazen, um, but I... But no, it's totally fine. I mean, like, I mean, but catch me when I'm mad. It's a whole different story. But... um, but don't tell my mom, even though she'll listen to this episode and be like, Natalia. <laughs> my mom's like, Natalia. I was like, listen, Janela. Yeah. Um, but I, to think that, like, I could listen to someone who's, like, like me. And in that in that way is so powerful. Um, and I, I feel just, like, in regards to, like, not just, like, Christian women, because this isn't necessarily, like, a Christian, this isn't, like, a Christian podcast. Although we've had other Christian guests because... I am one, and that's also some of the people. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I mean, not not all of them are um, that we've had on, but it's just like I think that's so in the women that I've brought on that are. I think that like it it shows how we like are so complex and diverse, and I feel like so often we get put into like a box of like who we are and how we define ourselves, and and it's like, but I am none of those things. Like I did not want to get married at 23. I, you know, I didn't want to be barefoot in the kitchen, even though I know that's like very like stereotypical, but like, I didn't, I didn't want to do those things. Like I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. I was like, I want, I told my mom last week that I wanted a Stedman like Oprah has. (laughs) Um, I was like, I don't really, I just need like someone that'll like live in my pool house. Um, isn't it the, it's truly the dream. And then I'm, I'm looking girl, if you know, just send him, (laughs) but it's, but those kind of, um, I guess those tropes of kind of who we have to be. And even women that I like strong women that are so strong women that I know that, that love Jesus. It's like, I see them sometimes like now that they're married or that they're with someone, they fall back into those roles. Not not completely, but a little bit. And it's like, I don't want to do that. What, that was a very long way away, but like, <laughs> what has been, I don't know, is there, do you, fe- do you feel like you kind of, I know we kind of touched on it earlier, but like you fell back into that once you got married, you were like, okay, but like I'm married now. Yeah. You know, and like, did yeah. you? Are you saying, oh, let me see if I'm getting this right. You're asking like, uh, I made all this progress, mm-hmm. you know, 
as a feminist, as a box breaker, mm-hmm. and then I got married and found myself falling into a role that I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. have wanted to otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting question. And it's something I, like, had to figure out because there's so much internalized stuff that it's yeah. like, wait, did I actually want to do that or do I just assume this is what yeah. I do? Um, I, don't, I don't have, like, a big great example but I think chores was an example for me that like I for whatever reason just assumed I would be the one that figures out like mm-hmm. you know our chore schedule and keep things clean and I I'm naturally like I'm just naturally like a feminine you know quote unquote person like I like I do like to make bake recipes and I love getting dressed and I love mm-hmm. decorating and so there's like, nothing wrong with things. that <laughs> yeah but an interesting thing that I realized is like whenever Nate did chores or cleaned up something I would like go out of my way to like praise him for it as if like, Oh, you didn't need to do that. And you are being so amazing. She would like take my work off of my plate, you know, and like do the dishes. Um, but the funny thing, <laughs> he's actually a much tidier person in general. And so he <laughs> does a lot of the cleaning. <laughs> and after a while I was like, why, why am I acting like, you know, like he is going above and beyond by like yeah. taking care of our home and not to say I won't, I don't say thank you or yeah, I don't, yeah. like acknowledge it or anything. Thing, but I think I just realized I thought like oh as a man I thought he his job was to just come home like kick his shoes off and I get yeah. a massage and tea or whatever um and so Don't I kind of to, like changed my it's just more internally my attitude of yeah. like he likes doing this. I like doing the other things. That's okay. And I don't need to be like, wow, what a, what a dream hero that you, you know, did the dishes or whatever. Awesome. Like instead I'll do an appropriate amount of like, thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. It's really nice. You know, he should just be happy. He married you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, that's it. <laughs> and just be like, that's it. I married you. Now we're done. Yeah. Go back to life. <laughs> um, um, I try to think of another good one. I think, uh, I won't get too into the intimate details, but I think sex is a big one too. And figuring out like how I am allowed to ask for things the way I want it Mm -hmm. and that I can make myself a priority Mm -hmm. and I can be racy and I can, you know, be the aggressive one too, if I want to and that kind of stuff. So that was cool. No, but I think that's good. And I think that's something that like we as women just kind of asking for what we want in like life that we, don't we don't so often and and it's like why don't we ask because like there's a good chance that we could get what we want but we are taught yeah we're just not (laughs) we're just not taught to ask and like so even I mean it sounds so silly but like reaching out to you and I was like she's not gonna come on the show she's gonna be like listen you know she's (laughs) she's like listen I'm I'm busy (laughs) um and I don't know that was like a fear of mine I was like she's not gonna want to come on like I guess I could try like we're not super we're not like a super big podcast but like maybe she'll like me um and so I think getting over that fear because that was like a lot of fear in doing this of like okay like I'm gonna I know I'm gonna meet like some really cool ladies I just like know just in like life and it's Mm -hmm. and it's like how do I ask them to like do this show and it's like I don't have business cards yet like I don't know like those big there's big things, and I think um, a huge thing is kind of just starting where you are, and that's a lot of, I don't know, I think that's, like, kind of, like, a lot of what I've learned this past year and a half um, living in D.C. and mm-hmm. in the past year of, like, going to grad school is um, kind of just starting 
where I'm at and like hoping people like see that potential of being like Mm -hmm. okay she doesn't have the business card she's a little scruffy around the edges but like you know she can we'll we'll give her a try we'll give her a little you know a little something with her bone totally totally and I think that's like that's our duty in some ways mm-hmm. too is like to go and pass on and like people took chances on our show and mm-hmm. I'll take chances on other, you know, like someone took it out a few hours of their day to come be on this tiny Christian podcast or whatever. <laughs> and so that's like, I mean, it's not so tiny, but to your point, yeah. Like asking for something, uh, feels scary and it feels like, Oh, now they're going to think I'm, you know, greedy or whatever. Yeah. No, like, a lot of times people are like just happy to accommodate mm-hmm. and even men will. Um, <laughs> and I think, uh, that's been my general attitude ever since I heard this, um, there was some reporter who did like some guinea pig piece where he just decided to ask for stuff for free as mm-hmm. often as he could and just like not worry about the social stigma that came with it. And he would just ask like at a restaurant, like, can I have this bottle of wine for free? Or like, can I, can I get an upgrade to first class? Like complimentary. And he would just ask it. And sometimes people would say no, but like a surprisingly amount of the time, people would just be like, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's like that confidence to be like, you really asking for this right now? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, there's, wow. There's a cost to that too. And you should yeah. Do it. Maybe all the time like that, you know, people will start to resent you. But, but there is, but it did like just spur this thing in me of like, yeah, like I could just say, hey, I, I didn't like this salad. Can I, ha- can we have something else? Or could you take it off the bill? Or, yeah. You know? And you'd be surprised something the time people are like, more than just restaurant examples. Yeah. People are, are willing to accommodate or mm-hmm. just to help you out or they're too scared to say no, so mm-hmm. they'll just do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that leads me to the last question that I like to ask all our guests. Um, how do you define being a woman or womanhood? Um, <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. How do I define it? Well, I think it could be anyone to be born with a vagina to be a woman mm-hmm. um, I don't even know I'm still in the process of defining what that would mean mm-hmm. but I guess it's just choosing to uh, be yourself and express it I guess that's just being a human um, but it's being strong it's being loving it's being open it's being ridiculous and uh, it's wonderful that was such a good answer I, I know <laughs> I say that after like everybody does, but I'm like it really is because I love we all have our own thing and like that's so important to me that we don't all have the same answer um no but it was really good all right everybody oh you're so welcome all right everybody we are going to take a short break and then we will be right back All right, welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Natalia, and we're here with Caroline again. Um, She says hi. Um, And today we're going to be doing the segment uh, Shiro's and Zeros. And today we're going to be doing a Shiro. And Caroline, do you want to introduce it? I think it's super cool, but you also are the one that brought them up. So I want you to introduce the Shiro for this week and for... yeah, we've done this one, I think, like a couple weeks ago, but of uh, just talking about ladies or group of ladies that we think are pretty awesome and that we really want to highlight um, and show how they're killing it out there in the lady game. Um, and so we're going to be talking about these three women that are starting a all-female podcast network. 
which is so cool. <laughs> yes, um, so my Shiro's are uh, the ladies of Erios. Um, Erios it hasn't started yet, but they're doing a Kickstarter right now to launch, um, like you said, an all-female-run podcast network. I don't know if you know this, podcasters are mostly dudes, and especially true. podcast networks, <laughs> um, and including our own, which they're great. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but uh, these ladies realized that um, for a lot of women, it was kind of difficult to get their, um, their maybe more female-driven or feminine-driven mm-hmm. shows on a network because they just didn't think it was good. Um, and so their idea was to have a women-driven network and then also just feature mostly uh, female-driven shows. Uh, so they're, they're, they're doing their Kickstarter, like I said, it's called Erios. They are almost done, actually. They, they have yeah. 22,000 raised out of 25, which is pretty amazing. Um, but the women are Maria Blasucci, Priyanka Matu, and Amanda Lund. Um, and Amanda and Maria are like a comedy team together, and they... I've been in a lot of stuff. Maria, you may have seen on Drunk History. Um, Amanda has been in a lot of movies, and we actually just had her as our guest on the Saved episode. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm so jazzed. They're awesome, and they're so funny. And uh, Amanda also has done several podcasts, but she, she did a podcast for a while mm-hmm. called The Complete Woman. That was, uh, that was her playing the part of kind of like a very trapped, repressed 70s woman talking about how to, like, run your home. Um, and she's she's me. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, they wanted to do that, do that to kind of give women a better platform and to do something a little different in the podcasting world and to fill a need. So I support them. You, all the ladies out there, go ahead and support them and listen when their shows come out. Yeah, no, that sounds super, super awesome. And I'm like just getting plugged into this whole network of like women podcasters. I'm part of this really mm-hmm. awesome um, Facebook group called Lady Pod Squad. And oh, cool. it's so cool. It's like podcasters, like women podcasters from everywhere. And it, we're literally just promoting our podcast. Some have been podcasting for like a day, I like I have, but like. Or, like, many, many moons. Um, so it's it's super, super cool. And, like, I like being part of that. And I think what they're doing is awesome. And I want them to reach the level of, like, a crooked media. Like, I don't know if you know crooked media. Like, that's... They may... I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, Pod Save America or... Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. um, I want them to reach that level of, like, awesomeness and just all-around goodness. Yeah, and I was talking to Amanda, and it, I mean, eventually it'll be not just women and yeah. shows and that kind of thing. It's not going to be a no boys allowed zone. But <laughs> for the for the first late, they were like, you know, yeah. kick off there. But eventually, you know, it's just going to be a podcast network, basically. Yeah. You know, one way or another, but it's going to be founded by women. H- how about that? Which is crazy because yeah. I think I th- I don't know. It's cr- it's crazy that we say it's crazy. If that makes sense, because because it should just be like, I want to get to the point where like women can just do a thing and it's like, oh, these people did a thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, the first ever woman to do blank. Yeah. And it's like, but why in 2018, why is that still a thing that I don't know, seems so baffling to people? Um, and just kind of the idea that like, oh, are they going to make it kind of mantra? And obviously, because that saved episode hasn't come out, I don't know. But like, I don't know if she's ever gotten that type of response, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like, are they going to make it? Because 
you know, it's women. Right. They don't like, have a kind of niche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it's like, it's crazy to think that like women are niche and it's like, but we make up 51% of the world. We're half of the world. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm a niche yeah. topic. Whatever. It's fine. I know. I, I think about this a lot too, of like good to be empowering women. But at one point, at what point are we also then just siloing ourselves? And yeah. So like, putting ourselves in another category and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, putting a cord in between us, um, which is not what we want. Ultimately, I think we just want like a seat at the table and yeah. have people get off our backs. Quote um, that entire Solange album. This kind of stuff, I think, mm-hmm. just being like, see, it's allowed. We can do it mm-hmm. now. Let's work together. And I think, I don't know, I guess that's, I feel like that's a lot of males. I don't want to say everybody, but it's a lot of guys like mentality that, oh, but you're doing this kind of exclusive. It's like, dude, you've been exclusive for how many hundreds of years? And we're not mm-hmm. even, like, being exclusive. We're just, like, helping lift other women Yeah, up. this was, like, almost by necessity. Yeah, it <laughs> was, happened, like, you know, you know and, I, and I feel like that message kind of gets lost right. a lot kind of in the marketing because it's kind of seen, I don't know, I guess people think it was, like, oh, she don't need no man. It's, like, well, she doesn't, but, like, Right. You know what I mean? But it doesn't mean, like, she's all of a sudden needs to be by herself only with, like, a silo of women. Because, Mm -hmm. like, you guys so often get to do that. You often get to be, like, a silo of men. And so why is it any different? So I I think they're going to be, like, breaking breaking boundaries, as cliched as that term is. Because I hate cliched terms. but probably becoming more inclusive than anything else because... I know what it's like well yeah because i if you hear about like um when people of color or like women get hired they automatically make things more include like if you have like female writers or female director or like whatever or people of color they automatically make it more inclusive just yeah, like just out like of naturally like i know yeah yeah well a great example of that would be like you know the show roseanne got canceled because Roseanne's horribly racist thing on twitter and she's well she's been racist from forever. day one. I don't know why people From keep acting one, surprised. They should have hired her in the first place. Mm-hmm. But the woman who was head of programming at ABC was a woman of color. And she was the one that was, I'm going to pull the plug. Like, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is, we're going to stop here. This is this is ridiculous. And, like, had that been just another Trumpy dude <laughs> there, <laughs> I don't know if she would have gotten canceled. You know, maybe a slap on the wrist. And so it takes it takes those people just being there and just kind of standing up and i so i think that's so awesome what they're doing um everyone i will post a link in the show notes um when this episode comes out and i think when this episode comes out they will have about a week left of fundraising time um yeah they may be there by the time but yeah please listen more is always better Um, especially when you're starting to launch a business. It's going to be called Erios. I will definitely post the link. Um, Caroline, do you have anything that you want to plug? Yeah, just Good Christian Fun, which you can find at goodchristianfun.com. We are Christian Fun Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, You can listen to us wherever podcasts are sold and distributed. Um, And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Caroline Sparts. Goodbye, credibility. Goodbye, respect. Thank you. It's been nice. No, I listen. She has a really solid Twitter. It's great. Um, So, so, Uh, please put that on my (laughs) team. She had a really solid Twitter. Twitter. Um, Not like good wife, good friends, good mother, whatever, (laughs) but like (laughs) solid Twitter. Um, I'm into it. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Caroline, for joining me. I 
it's been so much fun. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at prettyfacelady3 and like us on Facebook at more than a pretty face and email us if you have questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to say hi. Our email address is on our Facebook page. Um, but I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.